Hello, this is Terry Angus, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair, and the wounded animal that is Fulham Football Club took a final fatal blow from Burnley this evening as our relegation back to the Championship was confirmed after a 2-0 defeat at the Cottage. Are you disappointed or glad to be put out of our misery after a pretty dismal season, let's face it? I've got Don and Morse with me, so let's find out what they think. Come on, boys. Fulham. Well, lads, I don't think there's much point in recording an ordinary show per se tonight. It's another toothless performance. It just about sums up the past few months perfectly. We've been relegated without any fight on the night at all. We're recording right after the final whistle, so we've literally just been relegated. It's very raw. How are you feeling, Don? Uh, how am I feeling? I don't know. It, it's definitely mixed emotions for me. I, it's just kind of blah. Um, I, 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 I don't even think it's fully you know, soaked in that, yeah, the season's done and dusted, uh, you know start preparing for the championship, but I just feel like it, it is what it is that, you know, this whole season, I knew the minute we were promoted, we weren't fucked, but excuse my language, but I knew it was going to be extremely difficult for Fulham to stay up. I mean, just so many factors right out of the gate, you know, we had to go through going to the Wembley final. We had to, you know, have a short window of turnover between the championship and the premier league. It's all been hashed out before we've all talked about this. So I, I knew that if we got 17th place, I was going to be happy. So I can't say I'm surprised at all. I'm not surprised, disappointed, still disappointed, but I, I don't know what else I could say right now. Morgs, what do you got? I've got I've got numbness. I think I think it's it's a culmination of frustrations from the last couple of months. I like you know, that. It's, it is it is that though. We had so many opportunities to get out of the situation we we're in, and every time we messed it up. And I don't care what people are saying about the whole Tony Khan situation. We all know that he's not suitable for the roles, the the five roles that he apparently has at the club. And there needs to be a massive change. He's not a football man. He is a businessman and he's, you know, doing whatever he's doing with his wrestling. There's all that. And I get why people want him out, but this is coming down to Parker and his coaching. He has been given basically a veritable get out of jail free card this whole season because people hate Tony Khan. And it's boring because this is pure coaching naivety a lot of the time. There is, uh, uh, you know, he's so inexperienced and this is, that's nothing against him, his inexperience. He was just given a job that he did well in the championship. It was never perfect, but he got us out of it. But this season, I think we all knew that it was never going to be great. And obviously there was that false sense of hope uh, once the sort of you know a few results came in, but th- since we beat Liverpool, we have looked so bad and so toothless. And yes, you can have a go at the recruitment, but what happens on the training pitch? Every you know 
five days a week really sets the tone for what happens on the pitch on match day. And what we've seen in the last few weeks, especially, has just made me think it's just it's so horribly frustrating to see it. And the way we lost tonight was just kind of, you know, it really was just the perfect ending, as it were, or the, the imperfect ending. Um, and so, yeah, the blame, I think, yes, we can talk about Tony Khan until we're blue in the face, but Parker has to take a huge brunt of the uh, the blame on this because, that you know, there are decent players out there. They just aren't playing well. The game, game plan isn't right. There was no fight in that team. There was It was just all over the place. And it's a sad ending to what could have been a season of survival. But obviously now isn't. How did this go so wrong, though? Because, all right, we made an awful start to the season, but those players came in and they solidified the defence. And we we eventually picked up a couple of results. We got that result against West Brom and then we won away at Leicester. We had a a reasonable Christmas. We didn't win any games, but we tightened things up. And going into the new year, we we had that record, didn't we, where um, we conceded... Um, we were we conceded the least amount of goals, one behind Man City, I think. Um, you know, the, we, we were looking really good defensively, but then we got those those results at Everton and, and Liverpool, and from that point, you kind of felt like now now this team's got to kick on. We weren't scoring goals, we weren't winning games, but we were keeping clean sheets. Now we've got those results. Now's the time to kick on. We kind of clawed ourselves back up within touching distance of Newcastle, and then we lost. God knows how many games since then. We haven't won since. It's it's been appalling. Where, where did it go so wrong? How did it go so wrong from there? Yeah, yeah. Again, I think there's just so many things. Uh, and I'm, I'll go back to, you know, what uh, Morgs was talking about there, uh, how, you know, a lot of this goes down to Parker and Parker's just not getting enough stick because everybody wants Tony Khan out. Um, you know, I think Parker actually did really well there for a while uh, to where, you know, even back then he was getting stick when he got the defense solidified. I, I remember he just nonstop, everybody was on top of him. And I'm not going to defend him right now because I don't think – I'm not a Parker out person. And I, I, and I know that's going to make a lot of people pissed off and they're going to turn off the pod right here now, but I'm just not. I mean, the reason being is because – I really do believe we need stability right now. I don't want to see us playing the, 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 you know, roulette wheel spinning it and say, okay, what manager falls out of the tree and we take now, you know? Uh, and I don't want to see uh, a, a con sacking where, you know, they sack him and then they, they spend, God forbid, six weeks or something trying to find a replacement, you know, and we have, I don't know, Jennings come up for now or something to, take over for for a little bit for the the interim so i want to see actually a plan and i can't say what exactly went wrong uh you know i think some inexperience on parker does come to play i think when he realized and i'm pretty sure he realized he's got an attacking problem okay otherwise they wanted to brought in maja um you know josh so i think he knows that he had an attacking problem but I do, and I do think his inexperience multiplied that problem. He couldn't get that those players to become an, a real attacking threat. I mean, even tonight, they never looked. Oh my God! You know, there there's 
moments of good play from individual players like that Cav shot on goal, you know, low to the corner where he cut inside. That's good play. That was nice. Mitro connecting with Lookman once or twice, quick one-two type things. And that looked nice. But again, it's far and few between. And that's the problem. Uh, If you'd watch Burnley tonight, oh my God, they knew where everybody was going to be, when they were going to be there. They were push forward, attack, you know. I think one of the things that really stands out about the players this season is that no one has improved markedly through the whole year. You get players who play under certain coaches. They may not be the most talented. They may not be the most gifted footballers, but sometimes they just improve under certain managers and coaches. None of our players have done that this season. In fact, you know, we've had a few that have come in and sort of like had a bit of a spike like um, Bobby Dover-Reed. He had, a you know, a, a bit of a purple patch. But since then, since January, he's fallen off. Um, you know, there were some players that came in. They were already decent and they haven't really you know, excelled. I mean, none of the players have excelled really is in the last couple of months. Um, and I think Parker is still at that very green stage as a coach that he's not able to bring out the best in players. You get someone like Guardiola, who's been sort of coaching for years now, and players do improve under him. And that comes with, you know, a certain level of experience, certain level of, um, you know, tactical news, you know, just general abilities as a as a coach. But, I mean, we haven't seen that this season. And, you know, hope, I'm really hopeful for Parker that it does come to the point where he is improving players that play under him. But is that going to happen in the next year or so? Because if he stays and we implement a long-term project whereby he is at the helm for the foreseeable, let's not, you know, let's not expect to come back up next season because there are going to be huge map changes given the fact that we have so many loan players, so many players that, you know, who are on board permanently, who may be leaving. Um, This is going to be a massive, um, you know, reset in theory of the team and does that include parker don't know you know who's going to come in because i don't want another manager coming in who's essentially a stopgap you know if they are going to bring in a new manager it needs to be someone who is a long-term solution and but who is that you know i mean you look at someone like eddie howe but would he come to us would he improve things i don't know but you don't want an aging manager who's just been around the block a lot of times but i think that's obviously for you know the next few weeks and see what um, the Khans do, um, you know, I think this is a, a Shahid thing as well, um, as much as a Tony thing. So we'll see. You, you know, you, uh, you mentioned players did not improve under, uh, uh, under Scott. And I, I don't know where the article came from, but uh, there was an article or somebody put out comments where Scott said that uh, Loftus-Cheek actually progressed backwards by coming to full. Yeah. No, I saw and, that today. And, so. and that that comment actually really did piss me off today. That that's one yep. thing Scott has said that really did make me mad because it's not in my eyes, and this is the way I've always felt since he stepped on the pitch. It wasn't a matter of Fulham made Loftus Cheek, you know, degrade. It was a matter of Loftus Cheek made Fulham degrade. I, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything come out of him that other than a couple one-two touches and a, a slight run and then fall to the fucking ground. Uh, you know, that has ever said, why is this guy playing every single match? So I, I just think he's part of the, the whole problem too, you know, is we brought in these players that we thought, oh, this is going to be our one star that's going to help really make foam shine this year. 
And he never did. I don't. He never got off the blocks. Not in my mind. He, he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't in the right team because he needs to be in a team that are winning because he's just. Hang come on a minute, lads. Who, care, who gives a shit about a Chelsea player? Let's talk about Fulham, shall we? He's <laughs> he's gone. Who cares about Loftus Cheek progression, right? Listen, well, right, but, listen. But now right. we're now going to talk about players, and none of them are going to be there next year. Yeah. Year. All right. Well, well, all right. So, well, so, wait a minute. Thing. So no, listen a second, right? You guys have just spoken for a bit. So let me have a let me have a go. So. Scott Parker, you're you're saying Scott Parker has not bought any players on this season, okay? That's fair enough, he hasn't. But we were always on a bit of a hiding to nothing this season, right? Because we always thought, Don and you and I were talking before we came on, we said we thought that, that this is probably going to be one of those seasons where we're going to struggle to stay up. So is it a little bit harsh to criticise Scott Parker for not bringing on players in a season where, by our own admission, at the beginning of the season, we thought we're probably going to go down. Again, we, we, you and I were, we were talking about this before we started recording the pod, and I agree. I agree completely. And this is one of those things where, yeah, I do think some of the blame falls to Tony Khan. Not as much as everybody, oh my God, is out there. We got to sack him. We got to get rid of him, sell the club, whatever. Uh, I, I do think that Tony Khan really does try to put Fulham first, you know, in what he wants to do and what he wants Fulham to do and be yeah. in his mind, in his heart. I do think he is trying to do the best for Fulham. Now, as we spoke earlier, when we were offline, you, you, you and me there, he's got too much on his plate. Everybody, you know, who is on the outside can see that. Okay. Now what we don't know, but everybody out there on Twitter, Facebook, and every other uh, platform seems to think they know that uh, Tony Khan, you know, is apparently micromanaging everything and has the final say on every single aspect of, of the football club day-to-day operation. And we said, no, he's probably got a team up, you know, underneath him that deal with all the day-to-day stuff. He's not handling every single minute of the club, okay? Now, with that said, I do think it was a huge mistake when what's his name left to go coach in China, um, Slab's assistant. And we didn't bring in immediately another guy who kind of was there as that, whatever his title was, the assistant director of scouting or football head of scouting, whatever the F it was. Okay. I do think that was a mistake this season that that person wasn't brought in immediately. And so could have been there for the January window to help with, Okay, what do we need? What do we got to do? Scotty, how are we going to play with uh, the team? How are we going to go forward? I think that was a huge problem. So, again, I'm not going to make – for me, this pod is not about bashing Scott altogether. It's not about bashing Tony Khan altogether. It's – we were screwed from the get-go of promotion in my eyes. And I said from then – so nothing has changed in in my eyes – we would be extremely lucky to hit 17th place. And if we did, I was going to be, oh, my God, over the moon, popping champagne corks, okay? I think, I think one of the, the, the reasons that, obviously, Khan is such a sort of a hate figure, as it were, is because even if he isn't micromanaging everything, even if he does have a team around him, he makes himself so visible when things go right. And therefore, he has to expect the backlash when things go wrong it was like you know when that um the peterborough chairman made the comment about the fulham manager uh, inquiring about dembele in the january window he, he must be searching his own name or whatever because he just piped up on twitter to sort of like correct this guy who clearly doesn't give a shit who made the actual inquiry in the first place and he's just like but this is the thing this is the narcissistic side of tony khan 
that stops him from being likable. And I'm not, he's not going to be likable at all, you know, for a lot of fans. But it's, you know, he needs to, if he was less visible in that sense, I don't think there would be as much backlash. But at the same time, we've been left short in certain areas, which, you know, yes, we have been left short, but at the same time, uh, you know, coaching where we are short and sort of looking to improve certain areas, you'd imagine with sort of, we do have quality players, you know, some of them aren't Premier League quality, but, you know, clearly lacking in any form of uh, tactical awareness. It doesn't really help us a lot of the time. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's a shame for Tony Khan because, because of the way that he is and the way that he conducts himself on social media. He doesn't get the credit that he probably deserves when we when something does go well. For example, he's we have got promoted twice uh, whilst he's been director of football, but people don't ever remember him for that. People will just remember 2019, the relegation, and and this relegation as well. So it's it's a shame, but he's kind of his own worst enemy because of the way that he that, that he is, as I just said. But so here's a question for you guys then. So. We've we've talked about Scott Parker being to blame. We've talked about Tony Khan to, uh, being to blame, but the players have got to shoulder some responsibility here as well because I've not seen an ounce of fight from them in in the last few weeks. There's not been there's not been players in that team willing to bleed and die for that badge. Um, and I and I I really do think you know you can you can only blame the manager can only do so much in those situations. He can coach the players, he can motivate the players, but it comes down to attitude. And we've talked a lot about um, in our in our chats about Darren Bent when Fulham got relegated in 2014 and how his attitude was so bad on that last day of the season at Stoke. It wasn't even the last day of the season, but when we got relegated at Stoke. Yeah. Um, and and I don't see brilliant attitude. I don't see much emotion from a lot of those players that, that makes me think that they really give a shit either. So question to you both. I think the blame goes three ways. Players, Tony Khan, Scott Parker, what percentage do you give both? What percentage do you um, amount to each? Oh, you, well, go ahead, Mork. If you, if you got it right off the bat, go. Cause mine's pretty it's equal. A, yeah. I was just thinking that I think, you know, it, it is, has to be relatively equal because Parker, uh, sorry, uh, Khan brings in the players, Parker coaches the players, and the players have to take on certain responsibility. Now, one thing I want to sort of, so yeah, 33.3 points. <laughs> we'll, we'll give Tony Khan the extra 0.1% just to, uh, you know, side with the uh, populist vote. Um, but the, you know, there are a lot of people who are just going to say the low, the low knees gave up. It wasn't just the loanies. No, 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 no. You look at Anguissa, he was trying hard today, but it was almost like he was trying to sort of play up for the cameras in the sort of sense that, you know, there might be someone watching because nothing really came off. I mean, he obviously hit the crossbar and had a shot at target for the first time in two seasons with us. But Anguissa's um, attitude, he's almost a lonely anyway, isn't he? Because he fucks off when we go down and he'll fuck off at the end of this yeah. season as well. So he doesn't really belong to Fulham, does he? His heart doesn't anyway. You know, and then there was and Mitro as well. I mean, did he... Everyone will say he wasn't getting the service, but yes, but there is that you can see attitude on the pitch. Mm. And I get that he's been treated like shit this season, but still you fight for a team that you've played for for the last, whatever it is, three seasons. You know, if the lone, the lone players were fighting, I think, I don't, you know, these are professional footballers. They're not, yes, they all have egos, but that drives them. 
you know, they want they want to earn contracts next season in the best, you know, and give themselves the best chance of getting the best contract. But, you know, I don't see how the low knees were any worse than the permanent players in our team this time around. Um, and the problem, all it does, though, bring is a massive instability in the squad. So that's, you know, that's probably down to Khan, but then there's probably down to finances, which are on the back of Khan. So, yeah, he, he gets the extra 0.1% because of that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And how about for you, Don? Would you agree with that? I, I would. Um, on a side note, I'm just sitting here watching. Uh, I've got the closed captioning on and I'm reading what Parker's saying for his afterthoughts. And he's admitting, it looks like, at least from what I can tell, that the club has really got to make some decisions right now as to what direction it's going to go and how things are going to be handled. Uh, that, you know, going up and down, going up and down, yo-yo isn't, isn't you know, the way forward for anybody. So yeah. I agree, you know, I, it, it's fairly, well, well, I want to say it's fairly equal, but then you watch today's performance on the players and I almost take a couple points higher to the players right now you know that several games they haven't given up you know cared or or shown any real heart in what they were doing and if you've listened to the pod before I've, I've talked about this before in the past I'm a firm believer on players who are when they're doing well they feed off that feeling of I'm invincible I I, I can do this I, I am in good stride I am in, in a good place and when they're in a bad place I've, I've mentioned this before. If you've ever listened to Pod, there's a movie, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, The Replacements. It's a you know American football movie, and the the head coach asks you know the players, so what went wrong? And Keanu Reeves gives this speech of, well, it's quicksand. You know, you get in, you think you're doing this right, and then this goes wrong, and then that goes wrong, and then that goes wrong, and before you know it, your head is right there under the quicksand, and you're done. Well, that's the way I kind of felt these last five or so games has been. They did this wrong. They got unlucky here. They got unlucky here. And their heads just dropped and dropped. And we've never really come back up. Our heads have never really come back up. Yeah, we start game strong for the first 13 minutes. But then something goes wrong. And you can just see everybody's attitude just kind of drops off. And that's the way I think every game's been. This comes back to the question that I asked earlier, though, because that, that's that's a really good point about that quicksand. But we were in that quicksand at the start of the season, but somehow we managed to get ourselves out of it. And having got ourselves out of it, we fell back in again and, and sunk. Okay, and this goes for me to Parker. I think Parker did a great job. He got us out of the quicksand. He got the players solidified in the back defense. We we quit conceding goals there for quite a while. Problem Parker had, and this is where, you know, again, Parker's – naivety his, his you know not having enough experience whatever you want to call it tony khan not realizing or reaching out hey do you need somebody to help you we never got that midfield solidified we never got that attacking going forward okay now there's all kinds of reasons people are screaming at the pod right now or listening to the radio or you know their their ipod whatever well he never played metro we don't know why he didn't play metro there could yeah. have been all kinds of things going on so it's hard for me to say well part of the problem was you never played metro oh okay you know, yeah, when Mitchell comes on at first, he looks great, but then he drops his head too. You know, he gets frustrated. He, he So he starts playing deeper in the pitch, pitch, hoping maybe I'll get a ball in myself and I'll create something, you know. I will say I liked when he went to a 4-4 four, four, kind of 2. Uh, Josh Marshall came on and him and Mitchell were kind of doing things there for a little bit towards the end. But again, it's a little too late. 
you know, at the end of the game. We should have been trying something like that earlier in the game. So, again, yeah, maybe that's Parker's inexperience. But I don't really have the answer, you know, as to why or what would have unlocked the midfield. But that's the key for me is we never unlocked the midfield this season. We were never consistent. I'd kind of like Parker to come out sort of sooner rather than later and answer a few sort of hard questions that he's clearly avoided answering. I'd like Khan to do the same. Khan won't. I know he won't. We know that he won't. And you only, you know, we I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was. The interviews that he does are on, you know, he throws some sort of like how good things are going to be situation. He's kind of very Trump-esque in his rhetoric. It's kind of has a certain element of gaslighting about it, which I really hate. And, you know, I, I don't think he's going to change his approach to things and how he talks about the club. but. I think with Parker, he's an honest professional, and I'd really like to know, you know from him what happened with Nitro, why you know sort of why we didn't score more than sort of you know whatever it was seven goals at home all season or however however few it is. Uh, what what was going on there that just wasn't working? Because obviously his interviews were very you know supportive during the season, even when we were down. Or you know, sort of you know, losing games and stuff like that. He was never having too much of a go at the players. Yeah, he was sort of said that he needed an attacker during the tra- January transfer window. Ended up with Josh Madger, um, which pff, is what it was. Um, but I'd like him to come out, and I think the only way he probably will come out is if he gets fired, because I doubt he's going to come out with an honest assessment of the season um, while he's still at the job. Uh, it's, it's, I think it it's, was. It's was, it, was it not you that said the other day that you'd have to wait for the autobiography for that? Because I don't think I think it would be professional suicide if he came out and started slagging off previous employers whilst he's still looking for work. Pretty much, I think, unless he gets sort of given the the Spurs job or whatever it is, and he sort of like can say something a little bit more honest, but obviously maybe sort of suggestive as opposed to sort of outright saying that uh, you know the whole thing was a shambles to start with. But you know the whole the whole season has been a hard one. Let's let's not get away from the fact that we had basically a month to prepare for a step up in quality, which is, you know, the Premier, as we said, the Premier League is exponentially better than the Championship. To come up from that league um, and, you know, have very little preparation, very little time to make signings, and then sort of expect us to sort of, you know, start on the front foot. He did sort us out um, at the back, but you know, and we got us out, as you say, out of the quicksand, which, you know, all credit to him, but we didn't build on that. And the obviously when you lose the first few games, there's still 30 games to go. When you start losing games with just, you know, less than 10 to go, that's when the pressure starts mounting and the players clearly weren't ready for that sort of pressure. And now we have to look at it and go, well, we're back where we started. Next season is a whole. It's a whole new ball game. It's you know new team, uh, fans back in the stadium. We almost have to forget this season happened because we need to start in a positive way. Because as we all know, the championship is an absolute fucker of a league to get out of. Mm. And if we don't sort of go into it with you know the right mindset, 
we'll just end up mid table and then you get you know as we did last time we have like four seat was i think it was four seasons wasn't it in the championship mm. and we'll be lucky to sort of uh, come back up again you know we could be struggling lower mid you know even fighting relegation again like we did last time uh, when we first went down okay so i'm just going to take your advice I- i'm done I- i'm forget just forgot this whole season i don't remember what the f happened and i'm a happy person now are you? I'm yes. drinking, so I mean that's probably made me happier. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're recording this first thing in the morning as well. <laughs> no, <we're not. laughs> yeah. Well, I've got no, I've got not. working a bit, you know. I've got to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to get through the day. Um, let's let's have a really 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 quick run through the two goals. Um, that first goal, um, I know you said don't blame the lone players. They, you know, the permanent players are just as bad. But Anderson looked a little bit off the pace tonight, and that long ball over over the top was just. He didn't. He didn't deal with it. He didn't look like he was ever going to deal with it. And it was just a really crap goal to concede that first one, wasn't it? It's pulled it back, and it just kind of trickled over the line. It's like, yeah, you're down, and the ball's trickled over the line at like half a mile an hour. But bloody hell! What a goal to concede. Yeah, you. It was. You said it was a shit goal when it went in. I was watching. I was like, I was just waiting for the sort of you know. It looked like it stopped. I was just waiting for the sort of linesman to raise his flag to say it gone out for a goal kick or whatever. That's what like, I was no, waiting for, yeah. I think that's they all the were. That's you know, the, worst, totally, uh, you know, the first goal I thought about... was the long ball. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was. Okay, so, and, and, and then, yeah, he kind of went around Anderson, Anderson over the you, you, you over know the, the line. Irony, but, no. the, the irony of that whole thing was, that's what we did. We started out with a long ball, okay? We started out from a long ball out of the back that Metro knocked down uh Bobby Deck, uh, BDR ran onto Bobby turned around heavy touch loses the ball the Burnley player gets the ball and he does the exact same thing long ball all the way down difference was better touch calmly goes around Anderson puts it across for uh, what's the guy's name Wood Woodman West, no, um, Westwood Westwood I mean he wasn't the only one waiting there either that's the difference tonight between us and Burnley when a ball was coming into the box, they had two to three players. If a ball is coming in the box, a lot of times we only had Mitchell sitting there or, or Lookman or, you know, whatever. But we only had the one person in the box. So that's the difference mm-hmm. that, on that first goal between anything we did tonight. This is the problem when you try and go toe-to-toe with Burnley or toe-to-toe with anybody at this level. We're just not good enough. You try and play long ball against Burnley, you're going to come off the worst. If you try and pass-pass tip-tappy with Man City, you're going to get beaten. That's what you said. You know, sort of. If you try and play long ball against Burnley, you're just playing right into their hands. I mean, that mm. is bread and butter for them. I mean, they must have been yeah. seeing that coming and go, "Fucking brilliant!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know where I, I really thought Fulham looked better was in the beginning of their matches where they went fast and hard. Okay, like they 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 really they they really had quick one two passes. They they put the ball out wide and. Uh, Robinson or Cav or, you know, whoever conquered a bunch of space. Okay. That's when we looked good. And then when we fall off the pace and we start playing tippy tappy ball, keep the possession. That's when I felt like things just started falling apart. And I showed where the players didn't have the quality to be able to handle what they're doing. I mean, you, you got to look as well. Go, go ahead. That... Knock, knock that one out of the park, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, I'm still getting over the fast and hard comment. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the um, y- you look at Cav and you look at Lookman and you look at Mitro in the middle. Mitro needs crosses. I've seen better crosses in a synagogue. Those they're they're awful. Those two 
it's it, you know Lookman is a he has his talents but he was found out so quickly you know he hasn't been good for five months he gets a lot of credit but he hasn't yeah. really delivered since sort of the uh, middle of the season uh cav oh bless him he's just not very good is he i mean he had that attempt where he cut in and it was quite good you know that good little piece of movement but it's a good it was a good it's a good cut in but the shot was rubbish yeah i mean i've i've done those um yeah. <laughs> it's but that was kind of one of his best pieces since he scored against spurs i think you know it's it it is frustrating because you, you look at what we need to be doing but we just didn't have uh the players to do it or you know they weren't play he wasn't playing the sorry parker's tactics weren't playing to the strengths of certain players i mean i don't fucking know what cam's strength is um you know i don't think we've seen it i don't think i think wolves fans were the last players uh, last people to see uh cav strengths mm. lookman i never thought that he was going to be able to last the season at you know when we signed him you know the, the reputation that he had at leipzig was sketchy at best and he came in and he showed a lot of promise and he's definitely got you know quality but he is yeah he is a bit of a one-trick pony and he was found out and i think if he's going to develop into the player that he looked like in the first couple of months of the season he's got a lot of work to do and i think well, he yeah. need, and for that he needs another good coach and that's obviously not gonna be parker because he's not gonna be signing so yeah again if he signs for us great if he doesn't sign who gives a fuck what happens to him after that um yeah. second second burnley goal chris wood rattled one into the top corner Tosin could have probably done a little bit better with uh, with his defending it was an unlucky bounce but quite quick thinking from whoever it was that set up chris wood and 2-0 just before half time. But the other uh, main talking point was how lucky was Ariola not to be sent <laughs> off, by the way? How was he not sent off? I know they said on, on the telly that the defender was covering, so it wasn't a clear goal scoring opportunity, but bloody hell, that was a red card, wasn't it? Jesus. It was it was red. There there was no question about it. He he and he knew what he was doing. You look how, how he came out and he he put his arms up and out like a goalie should, you know, if I'm in the box, not outside the box. <laughs> so it's like, you know, yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing is, I love Ariola. I think he's been absolutely how, brilliant. I'm going to really miss him next season. Yeah. He's I, not I was there. Say, would, would that have made for the perfect ending to our relegated uh, match where we had to have uh, Rhoda, Rhoda come on and uh, be, yeah. be the goalie for the last 20 minutes or whatever it was? Yeah, and he would have played every minute till the end of the season as well, because that would have been Ariola done, wouldn't it? He would he would have come on and he would have gone up for the you know a corner at the end of the game and Rodak would have scored. You know, we know we know that would happen. <laughs> but it's like but at the same time, Ariola. <laughs> right. Okay, let's let's move on. Um lads, where does this relegation sit in terms of how difficult it is to take in comparison to the previous relegations in two thousand and fourteen and two thousand and nineteen? It's the first time relegation has actually been confirmed at Craven Cottage, actually. Um, I think this is probably the most frustrating of seasons for me, um, but probably not the worst of the three. What, what do you guys think? For me, yeah, I agree. Definitely the most frustrating because we had so many chances to escape it. Mm-hmm. Um, not Certainly not the worst. I think last time around was probably the worst just because it was a shambles that never got better through the whole time. And I think 2013-14, we were due a relegation just by the fact that our 
you know, we hadn't had much investment over the last few years. We had an aging squad. And then obviously the change in ownership. We can't blame Tony Khan for that one because obviously he wasn't in that position at the time. But, you know, we had the whole sort of three, well, we had three changes of managers. We had three managers at one point. And, you know, that was just people, it was just hiding to nothing, that one. Um, Last time around was just complete naivety from the ownership. And this time around, we went into it with so little hope of staying up because of how we'd got into the into the league. Uh, the little time we had to pre- uh, prepare for it, the you know lack of forward signings or defensive signings before the season had started, whatever. But then we had the hope, and you know it is the hope that kills you. And in this case, it was very much a sense of shit. We can do this. You know, we beat Liverpool. At Anfield, you know, I'm, yeah, I know everyone else was doing it, but still, for us, you know, it would have been one of those games that we would have rolled over and you know, and uh, lost. But this time around, we beat them, and then we haven't won since. And that is the most disappointing and frustrating thing about this season, is that we have not seen the golden opportunities laid before us, and instead we've just let this happen. And tonight losing 2-0 at home to Burnley, the team that we could have caught uh, confirming our relegation, is just, it really sums it all up. And it's just really sad because who knows what's going to happen next year? Um, you know, there is going to be, there are going to be a lot of changes. And, you know, the good thing is we'll have fans next season in the games. But this time around, it's been very much a case of what if we could have had fans in the stadium as pre- a Premier League team but we will be watching Stoke at home again. You know, I have to say for me personally, the 2013 season, which was the first time I, I was following Fulham and they were relegated, that that was harder for me. That really just was – I knew we were going down, but I still didn't want to believe it. Um, to me, that one hit, hit, hit me hard because, again – it's 2013 and I'm scrambling now to figure out how am I even going to watch Fulham in the championship? You know, what, what's it going to take? What, what, what uh, TV network is doing the games or, you know, who do I have to join? Whatever, you know, Fulham uh, TV was coming out and it really wasn't steady. So while this one is very disappointing, I just, like I said earlier, I feel blah because I said at, at, at it before, I kind of expected it from the get go from when we were promoted. So 2013 was a hard one for me. Yeah, I, th- I think the the one in 2014, 13, 14, that was probably the hardest one to take just because we've been up for so long. And <coughs> it was just what, the, the first season that the Khans came in. Um, they took too long to sack Martin Yo, really. And then they made a mistake by bringing in Mullenstein. And then... They made a mistake by bringing in Magat, who was just a complete and utter disaster. And even then, you know, we got that win at Villa in that season and it, it looked like we might pull it off. Um, but we just went down with without any fight at Stoke. And after such a long time of, of being up and it being, you know, only a, two or three years after the, um, the Europa final as well, that was a massive disappointment. The last time around was really disappointing as well because I thought, right, we're back up now. And we're probably just going to stay up for a little while. 
especially when we started splashing the cash and we bought Angisa, Seri, um, Sherler as well, who I thought was going to be excellent. Um, but it just never happened for us, did it? We were just absolutely appalling. Right from the day dot, losing at home to Crystal Palace, it was just dreadful. The whole season was awful. Um, got rid of Slav in November, bought in Ranieri. And even when we bought in Ranieri, I remember thinking, he'll sort us out. He's a defensive-minded coach. We're shit at defending. But we just didn't have the right players for his style. Um, and then Scott Parker obviously just oversaw the relegation in the end. You know, he couldn't do anything about it. And, you know, we got a couple of results at the end of the season. So that was OK. But this time around, we'd all kind of seen it all before, hadn't we? Kind of thought, well, we've come up through the playoffs. This is going to be really difficult. We've got a lot of the same players that we had last time. We're going to need to completely rebuild this squad. And there's every chance, given the short turnaround time, that we're going to get relegated again. And here we are. We've been relegated again. And it is really sad, but I've kind of, I've grown a thick skin to it now. Um, I'm not really devastated. You know, I just think, oh, well, we're back in the championship. I, I don't really mind the championship. It's quite a good league. There's some good teams in there. Um, and we'll probably, hopefully, we'll win more games than we lose next season. And it won't be as utterly, dreadfully boring as this season's been. As long as we're competitive. That's yeah. all that I really yeah. care about. Yeah. Slug it out in the championship, fine. Just be competitive. Yeah, and that's fine. it. We've got to we've got, we've got to have football that is enjoyable to watch. I think you know it's there are a lot of teams that battle to stay in the championship, and I get that. You know, you have your um, Lutons and. You know, I guess it's at the moment Derby, but you look at someone like sort of Rotherham, who sort of yo-yo between League One and League Two, and they have to play a certain type of football to really sort of like stay in the Championship. Because that's the pinnacle of what they're going for at the moment. We are a Premier League club. We're not a Premier League team by our yeah. quality, but you know we are. We have the ability to be in the Premier League and hold our own um, because we were there for thirteen seasons, and it was you know it was brilliant. Um, but we need to go into the championship with a a confident demeanor and actually sort of really sort of right the wrongs of this season. And that is across everything. And I'm not, you know, that's not just on the pitch, that is off the pitch as well. And it really needs to, you know, there are certain things that need to be fixed that if we don't fix, then we're going to be on a hiding to nothing. And I'm, I think, I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. saying leads are perfect but we need to pull a leads. You know what I mean? Leads came in, they, they get promoted, they come in and they had steadied the ship, steadied, you know, fair amount of players that they stayed with and he made things work. You know, the, the, the head coach manager. So we, we need to do like a leads where we'll talk about this in another pod, but from head to toe, from the top of the club to the bottom of the club, philosophy has got to get in there. How are we going forward? This is what we're going to do. This is the players we're going to do it with. And then we know that when we get to this level, we're going to rearrange players and bring in these other players. But there has to be a plan. We have to have a new master plan. Until we get a master plan, it's not going to happen. But you you look at uh, Leeds, and they had 16 seasons, I think it will take, outside of the Premier League. Yeah. And they had so many false starts, bad ownership, all that sort of thing. They came into the Premier League this time around, having built up a team under Bielsa for the last couple of years. Whereas this time under Parker, it was under, you know, one season of a very disjointed 
season because of the whole COVID thing. And loan, 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 loan. Well, it was it's that loan, you know, the whole Cavalera, Bobby Reed, uh, Knockart, all those sort of loans to buy that threw things out of whack in terms of how much money we were spending and stuff. But it was we didn't we shouldn't have gone up last season. We needed a season to really stabilize after such a essentially a traumatic season the season before. But obviously the, the aim is to get promoted. But there was no there was no long term plan. It was a very short term. We just need to get up. And Yeah, I but think... let's not forget we, we got to Wembley and beat Brentford. And having got to Wembley to play Brentford, we couldn't lose to him. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, yeah, you have, have to, to beat them because, you know, absolute, you know, scum. But at the same time, exactly. like we're, it would have actually been better for us, I think, if we'd had that season of stability just to kind of build the foundations of a team that we could then push on into the Premier League. But then there's a counter argument to that. There's a counter argument to that, that if we had stayed down, we'd have lost our parachute payments. We'd have had to sell these different players at a loss of whatever, you know, that. It, it could have been a really bad, bad thing for, for Fulham. Um, yeah, but you get you get three seasons of parachute payments. Yes, they drop slightly, but at the same time, that's, you know, and that brings you back to the Khan thing because that's because there was mismanagement in the Premier League season. Yeah. Uh, but from a from a footballing side and purely footballing side, to a, it would have been preferable for us to have had a season of rebuilding the squad making sure that we had a good mix of players, a stable team, um, not so many of these fucking loans, and sort of making sure that when we then pushed properly for, uh, you know, spot in the Premier League, which obviously is never a guarantee in the Championship because it's such a hectic league, um, that we were able to then really sort of make a go of it rather than coming into it with not enough players, not enough quality players at that, and just having to rebuild once the season had started. I'd like to just see, I'm not saying we don't have some loans, but I don't want to see a team anymore with quite so many loans. You know what I mean? Because that's what we've been doing the last several seasons. It's it's a shitload of loans. And the problem you find as the season goes on, if it goes to crap, these players, they don't their heart's not in it. They know, well, I'm going back to PSG. I'm going back to you know, whatever German club I'm from or Dutch club or wherever, you know. So it's not in them to just say, yep, I'm going to fight to the very end. This is my club. My, my, my only argument against the loans is that it's the lack of stability that it brings at the end of a season if it does go to plan. Oh, oh Now, yeah. I, uh, I think I have no issue with the players, apart from probably Loftus-Cheek, who were brought in on loan. I think they... You know, they were a better quality. I don't think any of them put less into their game than any of the permanent players over the course of the season. Um, but it is the lack of stability knowing that they won't be there next season. And that is the big issue I have with it. And yes, I know they had to do it from a financial point of view. But at the same time, I think it's a lack of foresight massively. All right, guys, let's um, let's start to wrap up then. I want to end on a positive. Um, and the only positive note that I can think is how bloody great does that stand look? <laughs> isn't, the river, isn't the Riverside stand starting to take shape and look absolutely brilliant? I can't I love wait seeing all the pictures. Finished. I love seeing it's, all the pictures. It's, it's an absolute beauty. 
And yeah. I'm really, I mean, it's, it's the fact that the stand looks good. It doesn't look sort of, you know, yes, it is completely different to the rest of the ground. And we all know the punt yeah, and the house of 10 will eventually have to be redone. Um, but I think when you look at it as well, when you look at it from um, uh, towards, if you're looking towards the Stevenage Road, so down Finley Street and all those sort of ones, you can see it kind of dominating the skyline behind. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at it from the riverside, obviously it's just this sort of great looking piece of architecture. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's just going to add so much to that part. You'll be able to walk down that yeah. part of the river. So I'm, I'm so happy that's being built finally. Because we've yeah. seen, we've all seen the sort of plans from, you know, I remember back in, you know, remember one in 2000, 2001, yeah. where it was that, yeah. you know, the one with the sort of canvas top that looked like yeah. and stuff like that. But I think, you know, it's going to really add something to the club. And I'm, I'm just so happy it's being built now. Um, obviously, it doesn't make up for the fact it's going to be probably the championship, but whatever. It's uh, still, so, still pretty. <laughs> so two things, two things. Number one. I keep waiting to see this pier, Fulham Pier, that everybody keeps saying that the cons are building. Uh, I, I haven't seen the pier. <laughs> I think that's I think that's your uh, that's your nation's fault, mate. For oh, is, um, is it? Yeah, I think pier <laughs> means something different over or something like that. Because <laughs> the, the other thing I, I want to hear that they finally will figure out is what are you guys going to do with the bridge, the 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 Putney, uh, the the Putney bridge, bridge that you guys have had to shut down. Oh, Hammersmith Bridge. Hammersmith Bridge. They, I don't know. I think they have. I think someone's just going to come along and sort of floor it, really. <laughs> it's costing so much to repair. I think they're going to sort of knock it down and build a new one at this point. Oh, but do you, do you remember? And Frenchy, this is more to you than Don. Um, back when we were looking at sort of building, uh, rebuilding the stadium, there was that rumour that Al5 wanted to buy the Twin Towers and build a bridge from the Putney side <laughs> to Craven Cottage. And it was going to be, essentially the Twin Towers were going to be <laughs> Uh, he was going to put a zip line in. He was going to have a zip line from the top of the tower to his seat. He was going to come in on the zip line waving his scarf. Craven Cottage was essentially going to have the Twin Towers, and it was going to be brilliant. I do remember Funnily that, enough, yeah. it never happened. Yeah, can you believe it? Well, we've, we've we got, we got, got Michael Jackson statue instead. We've got a connection with Wembley, though, haven't we? With, with both our uh, previous, well, with the current chairman and the previous chairman, because... Of course, uh, Shahid tried to buy Wembley, the whole the whole shebang. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, all right, we should probably leave it there, shouldn't we? Um, we'll be back on Thursday with a look ahead to the utterly meaningless Southampton game. So enjoy your week and speak to you then. Cheers. <laughs>